We have an episode focused on the seven laws for launching a new business. So if you will find yourself launching a business soon or just kind of uh, pondering what it would look like to start a business of your own or some friend of yours is starting a business, this is the episode for you. We're going to get into that action in just a second. But before we do that, you know, I got to check in with John. John, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I had like, uh, had like a, you know... I don't know, you know, had like a weird day. Like I, uh, I kind of like, it's like snowed really hard here. So I spent like two hours in my car. You ever like, I, I don't know, you, you don't go anywhere. We both work from home. Yeah. You don't go anywhere anymore. Like was the last time you spent like two hours in your car? Um, two hours. I mean, I've, I've done a road trip not too long ago. Uh, but yeah. It's been well, that, been that's like two planned hours though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, it was like, like, that's like six planned hours. That was too right. Much. Yeah, yeah. Like this like is a, it's different when it's like I had like a two hour commute to my office that's like 20 minutes away from my house. Like I just got an office so that there wouldn't be like kids running around and screaming while I was recording podcasts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it like that 20 minutes, like there was just cars all over the freaking road and like the, the cops, the cops were out, you know, and stuff. I guess, you know, that's normal. Cops are always out. I'm pretty sure they're somewhere always yeah like they well they exist they are humans they are human beings yeah they do they do their their matter and thus must occupy space you're correct Indubitably. cool man all right so yeah let's talk let's talk launches so uh, i'll tell you like uh, this is i can I, I came up with this episode idea for those listening casey you already knew that i think i did know that pretty sure you knew I knew um, I didn't come up with it, so it's, yeah, it just came from the ether. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, I was I was working on a launch lately, and uh, it's been a minute, right? Because we both were sort of doing the the ecom agency thing, and in our agency specifically, didn't like. I, I mean, we would we would do these audits or strategies for like go to market, you know, what we would call go to market uh, businesses, uh, and and like then we'd never really work on them usually. <laughs> Like, I don't know. They just didn't like us. They're like, yeah, you guys seem cool. Like, you know what you're talking about. But also, like, we don't really want to use you. Um, so, yeah, it's been a minute since since I worked on, like, a launch. Like, it's like, hey, like, here's a new thing and you got to, like, crack it, right? And whatever that means economically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why this came to me, man. But uh, so, yeah, I came up with, like, kind of seven thoughts, seven ideas. And, and I think it's pretty relevant because that's kind of where you're at with, like, our podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're we're kind of always in. We're like perpetually in uncharted territory for our podcast as we keep growing. Right. Like, um, it's something you know. We do have a couple of shows, so every once in a while there's some crossover uh, from one show to the next. We kind of pick and choose little things that that we know work or little things that we've learned already that we can apply to other situations. But for the most part, we're kind of trailblazing, you know, and maybe looking up some resources so that we can learn some information. And I guess that's kind of the inspiration around this episode. I have to imagine is like, you know, as you've looked through resources and just absorbed plenty of different, you know, types of materials on starting businesses over the years, you kind of just want to take a stab at it yourself. Huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it is like, yeah, like, cause you've kind of recently, you know, moved into to working on our shows full time. Right. Um, and moved out of doing as much agency work. Um, so it's like you're kind of in this phase of like you're trying to like crack something, right? Like trying to make it work. We're trying to kind of like figure out the finances of it and all of that stuff um, and, and like get more consistent levels of like 
listeners and viewers and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, it's different. It's different than we're used to because we're used to trying to just like, hey, can we make it work with paid traffic or whatever? Um, so it's a little bit different, but that that's kind of what's inspired this. So uh, let's get into it. I got, I came up with like kind of seven laws, th things that I would say, this is a lot. These are the laws of launch, right? The seven laws of launch. You got to follow them. If you don't follow them, then you're far more likely, far less likely to have a successful launch. Uh, so I'll go first. Should we just go back and forth with them? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. You take the odds. I'll take the evens. Okay. So I'll get four, but that's all right. Uh, so first law of launch. What is it? Will you put the ticker up so I can remember what it is? Ooh. There we go. <laughs> first law of launch is singular focus. So I think that it sounds obvious that like if you want to be successful with something, you just need to focus on that and not really focus on anything else. Like super obvious, right? But the the problem is when people get somewhat successful in like business, when people get somewhat successful professionally, a lot of times they have like multiple things going on, right? They got this business that they already have going and then they have this other business that they're starting. And so they don't give singular focus to the business that they're starting. They just like, they're kind of like splitting their focus. And like Casey, you and I were sort of talking about this where it's like, you know, it, when, when you're thinking about something all the time, when like, that's all you're doing all day, every day is you're trying to like crack that thing. You're trying to make it work. You're trying to like make it happen, make it profitable, whatever it is. And like you drive home or you get caught in two hours of traffic, right? Unexpectedly, or you're in the shower, you're taking a walk and, and like, that's what's coming to your brain. And you're thinking about different ideas. Like that's how you crack something like legitimately. That's, it's not like, oh, the way that you crack something is you like doing out and you do like, I'm not, it's not even like any kind of tactical formula. The way that you crack something and wake, make something work is by just thinking about it all the time and focusing on it constantly. And like, even if you're not, even if, if you're somewhat competent, you don't have to be like crazy competent. You just have to be like really obsessed with that thing and you will get much better at it. And usually getting much better at it in, in a business world means like you'll probably crack it. You'll probably make it work. If it's a viable business, you'll be able to make it work if you just, and I would say this is like, the, this is number one for a reason. If you take nothing else away, like if you want to launch something, you want to make it work, focus on nothing but that. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'd add to that list, like when you're in bed at night and you can't sleep and you're up staring yeah. at the ceiling, like, what are you thinking about? You know? And right. um, I think it's easy to apply this to like a, like a day job, like slash like moonlighting, like type of situation, you know, whatever, whatever you want right. to call it, like day job, side hustle kind of thing. Um, right. And people will have the dream of like one day, like my side hustle, that'll, that'll be what I do. I will love doing that. I want to do it. And I think like the cold, harsh reality is like, I don't know. I'll throw out a random statistic and pretend like it's correct, but probably yeah. 85% of people never, never, uh, that never actualizes. Like they never right. find the opportunity where it's like, now is the time to go, you know, because they're waiting for the perfect moment when everything falls into place. But the truth is like, you haven't given the energy and the effort that is deserved for that, like secondary opportunity, that, that thing that you actually care about more, maybe they haven't, built the foundation of that up enough for it ever really to blossom into a full-time thing that could maybe sustain them. Um, and I'd say this, this applies to stuff that's not just, uh, not just career focused as well. You know, I mean, if you want to do something well, just focus on it, you know, it, it deserves your attention. Um, so I think I would apply that definitely to career as well as it's 
pretty serious thing in most people's lives. Most people don't have the luxury of just kind of willy nilly. You know, if you're going to take a shot at your side gig being your thing, like, I mean, you should have already been thinking of it in a very serious, uh, singularly focused way. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be, uh, you, you know, you might, it could be tough sledding, you know? Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that like, hey, from a practical standpoint, like you can't, have a side hustle and have a full-time job. You certainly can. It's a great way to make extra money. Um, But I'm talking about like, if you're trying to build a business, right? Right. Side hustle there. uh, There's a, we've said this before, like to each other, maybe not on the show. There's a difference between making money and building a business, right? Like those are not the same thing. They're two different things. And so you can make plenty of money having a full-time job and doing a a side hustle. If you want to build a business, that has like mm-hmm. people work at like somebody's got to be thinking about it all the time, right? Somebody's got to be dedicating like kind of full time singular focus to it. Um, I think I, I heard kind of like an analogy earlier this week where somebody was like, you know, look, let's say you have like 10 units of energy because energy, your energy, my energy it is finite in a sense, right? Like we could get more of it by like being healthy, doing the right things, getting good sleep, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is an end of the day, right? Like we can't go 24 seven, right? We have to sleep. We have to rest. We have to turn our brains off sometimes. And even if we could go 24 seven, that's still finite, right? Like we can't live an infinite number of years, right? So energy is finite. The amount of energy and bandwidth you can put into something is finite. So 1.7 gigawatts, otherwise you're going to go back in time. Exactly. Right. right? Like you get, you're going to hop in the, what is it? The McLaren? Oh, I can't. Uh, the, DeLorean. The DeLorean. DeLorean. I was not close. There was an right. EN. There was an in EN in there. Yeah. I don't I, know. Weirdly, I think DeLoreans cost as much as McLarens because there's only like 200 of them or something stupid. Yeah, but they're like really crappy cars. I've heard. I mean, but like they're kind of cool. Though. Yeah, they're kind of cool though. They're like uh, they're iconic, but like I've yeah. heard they're like not great cars. Yeah, because of the movie, not because of the like technology. No, not... But we digress, right? Like... Yeah, but yeah, we digress. Um. I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. So I, I think like if you, if you've got, this is the analogy I heard, right? Like, so if you've got like 10 units of energy, right. Cause your energy is finite. It's not infinite. Um, if you've got 10 units of energy and you're spending, you know, six on your day job and four on your side hustle, six on your day job, four on your side hustle, sit like you're making six steps of progress on your day job every day. So you're not even really doing as good as you could be at your day job. Right. Like right. you're kind of, I wouldn't say phoning it in. You're probably doing it about as well as you need to, to not get fired you know, but you're, or, or maybe a little better than that. Like maybe they're pretty happy with you. Maybe you're a good performer, but only takes you six units of energy to be a good performer when you could be an incredible performer. Uh, if you use like eight, nine, 10 units of energy on your day job, uh, right. But you're only using six on your day job. And then still you're only using four on, on your side hustle. And that is considering that all 10 of those units of energy are created equal. The truth is units four, six through 10 are less than units one through six, right? Like your first six units of energy are, are already more valuable. So that, I, I guess that's what I mean is that I'm not, I'm not knocking side hustles. I've definitely had them. And this is coming from someone who's always got multiple ventures going on, right? Like it's really Casey, true. You got too Casey much knows. going on all the time. Casey yep. knows. I do. Casey knows. Um, and John, yeah, John can't help himself. If John frees right. up time and like eliminates something from his scope, he'll immediately pick something else back up because John can't operate at less than like 130% capacity. Like, right. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm just, you know, what, what am I even doing? You're lazy, with my life? man. <laughs> I'm such a lazy bum. Well, you only got like yeah. three jobs. 
Lazy, right, but man. That, that's what I'm saying. I would never crack anything that way. And right. and yeah. and I can say that like I I I in a sense like I've been working on doing some consulting in like info, right? And and doing some uh doing some work in info. And like it wasn't getting my full-time effort. Like we were like you're launching an info product, right? That you want to scale to whatever, 30 million dollars, 50 million dollars a year. Like it's not just like Oh, let me do this while I'm doing it. It's not like it's not like an, it's not like a business already running. With a business that's already running, a lot of times you can just perform maintenance on it, and it'll keep going just fine, right? But you want to get it up and running, like that's a whole other world. And like it didn't really come together and click until I started thinking about that and thinking about nothing else for a while. Exactly. Um, so I was just gonna say, like, before yeah. we move on past this one, it's important to clarify. Um, I used maybe a poor example. Uh, for like most people, like don't go quit your day job because you, you right. want to do something else today. <laughs> but John's example is better. Like maybe it takes like, hey, this week I'm going to give special focus to this thing that I haven't made the progress that I'd like to see, you know, like that's exactly that it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two. Up. Go for it. You're Your up. boy is now up. Casey at the bat. Uh, Mighty Casey taking a swing at number two. Money loves action. So I think this could be phrased a lot of ways. I think that's probably true about a lot of these laws that we came up with. But money loves action. Um, I would say is similar to like better done than perfect. You know what I mean? Like especially when we're in like launching a new business, you know, we're kind of in startup phase. We're in uh, it doesn't have to be like a full business either. It could be you're focused around like a certain offer or whatever it is. Right. Uh, getting something going, getting momentum, getting traction. Uh, better done than perfect. Money loves action. Movement is what's important. That's how you get traction. You don't get traction from sitting still and uh, overthinking about everything forever. Um, even though the thing that you launch, the, the, the thing that sees airtime, whatever it is, whatever scope you're doing, even though it might not be perfect, it might be a C minus on a scale of like how good you might be able to do something. It's still better C minus today than like a B plus next Wednesday, you know, just as a general rule of thumb, because that's certainly not providing a lot of momentum and getting you a lot of traction early, uh, planning on doing something next week, two weeks out. Cause let's be honest, if you go like, that's going to happen next week, it's easy for that to get pushed again and again and again. And that's how these things never really get that lift and get off the ground. That's why money loves action. Get your movement going, uh, yeah. better done today than trying to be perfect next week. I mean, we've, we've done a sports metaphors episode before, so I won't go too deep here, but uh, like it, it, there's kind of like a saying in basketball, like ball movement and player movement creates good things. Right. So like, and, and it's like, you know, a lot of movement and back cuts and like dribble handoffs and stuff like that, that a lot of the, the movement you see in basketball seems wasted. Right. Because right. that cut, that back cut didn't work. Somebody covered it. This didn't work. That's you know, but it, it depends. Yeah. Is it wasted? Yes, somebody just used energy and they didn't get in position for an open shot. But it depends on whether you believe in the principle of like ball movement and create and player movement creates good things. Um, and and most successful basketball coaches and teams do. So uh, I think what this really looks like in in business a lot of times is like it, or what it can look like is analysis paralysis, or it can look like. <sighs> Like you're, and it, I would almost say, you know, it, it's, it sort of tails off singular focus. Like you're doing a little bit in a lot of different directions. Like that's better than not doing anything for sure. Right. Like moving your feet is better than not moving your feet for sure. But like doing a little bit in a lot of different directions and not really taking very much action on anything. 
right? Like, oh, I'll look into this and I'll, you know, submit this or I'll, I'll create my, I'll you know, brainstorm my, around yada, yada. I'll buy my domain, you know, I'll buy, I'll, I'll set up my email, like, you know, like that kind of crap. That's like, that's not action. That's actually you stalling and not yes. doing action for probably because you're afraid of failure. You're afraid that if you take the action and you do the stuff that you know you're supposed to do to make your business work, you'll try, you'll actually try at something and uh, you'll either succeed and you won't know what to do with yourself or you'll fail, right? Like you'll, you'll, tr you'll have tried and this thing's been your idea and it's been your baby and then you tried it and you actually put the effort into it and you failed, right? Yeah. That's what keeps people from taking the action. They take these little small micro actions that are very non-committal. Um, if you actually want something to work, money loves action. If you want it to make money, you got to take big action, massive action, like impactful action, not right. stalling action, not not little like things that make you feel like you check something off the list, but are actually keeping you from taking action. I love the sports metaphor. Literally every time we bring it up on the episode, I love when we do a sports metaphor. Uh, but that in particular, you know, it's easy in a sports performance to look at the end of the night. You know, maybe you didn't catch a game, uh, but you like a you like a team. You check a box score and you see, oh, my uh, my my favorite player on the team didn't have a very good night. You know, the box score doesn't tell the whole story. It definitely doesn't. It's right. such a screenshot or such a a snapshot of just like certain things that are generally important, but it does not tell the whole story. Same way if you were launching a new offer, you were launching ads today um, and and they, they don't perform well. You check back a week later or whatever, whatever cadence you're on. And it's just not, it's not performing how you wanted it to be. Like that's not a net negative necessarily. Something else that is not baked into those results you're looking at on the screen is you learn something then. And right. that is maybe as important. Maybe the whole business venture fails. Maybe it's a side hustle that you, you believe in and you want it to work and it fails completely and you have to stop doing that thing. Well, I, you learn something I, pretty big there too, right? So like, again, like it, maybe then the next thing you do catches fire because you needed to learn the lesson. So again, money loves action in that way. It's still like, I'd rather fail quick if yeah. there's a good chance I'm going to fail because then I can at least you know, harvest the learnings and apply them to something else. So like, yeah, if, if you're afraid that you're going to fail and that's the reason for dragging your feet, you're only increasing the odds you're going to fail anyway. And right. you're decreasing the amount of time you'll actually be able to have only a finite amount of time, you know, and you're decreasing right. the amount of time you can use those learnings and apply them to something else. And so, so, and if it makes you feel any better, right? Like if you heard that and you're like, oh my gosh, that is me. Like I'm avoiding action because I, I'm afraid, right? Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, there is this chance. Like if, if it's like, yeah, there is this chance that I'll try and fail. And so now you're kind of like, maybe I shouldn't try. Uh, I'll actually say this. I would say that how often, can you think of any times that we've seen a business like fail outright in that it's like, we're no longer a business where we've decided as of this state to close up our doors. I, I'm not saying it, it doesn't happen. And it certainly happens with local right. businesses. Uh, but like, usually it morphs is what yeah, I was does. just going to say I would I, in the experiences you're referring to anything I can remember, I would say pivot is what happens. Yes. Not, not a, something did fail. Sure. But like something else was kind of born along the way and like, it and, just and it's not, changed. Yeah. And, and that's why I said morph. Cause I was going to say pivot. And a lot of times it's not, it's not like really one firm pivot. Right. It's like, there was like a several pivots. We were still trying. And then finally something kind of clicked. And then, one day it really clicked 
And when it really clicked, the business actually looked like something that was a little bit different than the original idea. Right. And that, that's honestly how a lot of great businesses are, are made is that it's like you hit that thing, you know, that thing that really makes it click. And, and honestly, it's like, it's not what you envisioned at first, but you're like, that's, I mean, whatever. I just wanted to be successful. Right. Right. Definitely. All right. Let's hit another one. Um, Boom. Does it hit? All right. Yes. This is a good one. All right. So I'll take this one. Um, sell product, not brand early on. And, and uh, you and I have in a sense had like with our podcasts had like a little bit of a maybe argument about this or debate about it where it's like the easiest way to communicate a value prop to somebody like if you want a a business to work and you want people to pay you like selling them the idea of like oh you know i have this story about how you know i didn't like the way that my pocket was all bulky and so i set out to make like find a way to carry all the things that i need to carry but make it so my pockets not it's like okay well get to the fucking point you know what i mean like what like what does all that even mean or like you know and then what i really discovered is that you're supposed to you know you don't really need to carry all that stuff and it's okay so are you selling me the idea of minimalism or are you trying to sell me what like what, people want to be able to categorize you right like people keep a mental rolodex that's what they do humans humans want to categorize and they want to be able to file things into their own mental rolodex um and if they don't know how to file you your brand your company your product your offering or you as a person whatever into their mental rolodex they'll just be like uh all right yeah there's a contact card that's just like out in the ether i don't even know how to categorize that or like what to say that it is, right? Um, and, and like the, what I say, we've argued about this a little bit on the shows is that I've said like, I think people will come for the content, they'll stay for like our brand, our character and stuff like that, right? But like when you're first gaining traction and trying to sell people something, and this is it's very true in e-commerce, right? Like sell, find a group of people that has a problem or they have like a pleasure that they're seeking, right? Give them a way to get that pleasure or solve that problem and then very clearly tell them about it. Right. And, and that the best mechanism for that is just like, here is the solution. It's this product, it's this thing, it's this webinar, it's this course, it's whatever. Right. Um, and, and that is like it, brand comes later. Right. And you've said before, let performance dictate brand, right? Like maybe again, like we've seen many businesses morph, right. So like maybe you need to let that like traction happen and that morph happen before you start thinking too much about what your brand is. But what you definitely shouldn't do is tell some story that is all convoluted that like, you know, you think will get people to buy into your brand, but they, they can't even figure out how to categorize you and tell themselves what problem you solve, right? Or what, what you'll help them achieve. Right. I mean, even some of the biggest brands in the world were launched off the back of one product, right? Even Usually. if they develop into something that has hundreds of SKUs or thousands of SKUs, like a lot of times there was that like zero, zero, one SKU or whatever, however you file it, you right. know, that launched the whole thing, you know, like Nike started with friggin' some running coach making rubber <laughs> shoes with a waffle iron. On you a know? waffle like, iron, yeah. He was, you know, and that's, that's how the whole brand was created really, you know? Um, and now Nike is probably one of the top five examples that comes to just about anybody's mind of like big brand, you know, like they sell brand more than their products. often. Now. Yeah. Like, right. At a certain point, you'll actually be able to do that. 
right? And and it will Definitely. and it will be and it will actually be like the right move. I was just going to say, not only can you, you should probably at a certain point to some degree. But, yeah, but e even still, even still, they on, sell they sell plot product plenty of the time, right? Like, yeah. They still have plenty of ads, plenty of things that are featured. Hey, look at this product. Here's what it right. And they're like selling product, you know, that solves a problem. Um, exactly. But yeah, and you get to a point where you can start selling brand for sure. But early on, you know, it's like you said, like in your marketing in, in your advertising efforts, you know, you want to be speaking to your avatars about what can solve their problems. Like you were saying, well, a brand does not do that. I'm sorry. I mean, I know like later on in, in a brand's life cycle, you kind of like use that language internally, like around the culture, like our brand does so much for people. Your brand does nothing for people. The products that you ship to their house is what solves all the problems. Right. You know, like really the brand might make them feel warm and fuzzy when they, you know, they've made their 10th order with your brand. They like you. Sure. Right. But like they love your products. That's ultimately like the proof's in the pudding. They pay for your products. Like, yeah. And that's what they that that yeah exactly sell product not brand one of the laws of launch if you if you ignore it and you you know think oh brand first uh you're gonna have a very hard time and we've seen it lots of times lots and lots of times especially in the i don't mean to you know poo poo on vcs but like especially in the vc backed world you know it seems like they really want to sell brand first a lot of the time and it's just like tell like you know figure out a way to solve a really big problem people have and then tell them about it and it's like that's about as complicated as it is and that's no coincidence right because a lot of vc backers they want that sexy big like home run yep. swing they want to be a part of the next nike at the ground floor so they go like oh these people the brand they're kind of cultivating here feels a lot like they're going for something like nike or apple and that's a trap i think as often as not probably way way more often than not you know <laughs> what it is, I'm, no, I'm no yeah. vc like you know expert so i'm not gonna tell them they're doing anything wrong but sometimes i think they put the card ahead of the horse for sure you know what it is is i think that vcs buy into founders or founder teams more so than they buy into like unit economics of of a business right they do their due diligence and they ask for the total addressable market and they ask for all that crap but if you've ever been sent a deck you know by somebody who's trying to raise funding it, it's all just a lot of times made up numbers that they're like oh if we hit this cac and then we'll acquire this many customers and i'm like you don't even know what your cac's gonna be like how do you have any way of right. benchmarking like they're just making right. up a benchmark usually right so it's like it's to make those investors feel better but at the end of the day usually what they're buying into is the founders right like do i believe in this founder and i think that's why right like the the founder can't sell the idea of like hey you know people have back pain and here's like a device that like solves back pain, you know, and like makes people's back feel better. Uh, there's other devices that also make people's back feel better. But like, I think if I tell people about back pain, about this one and how it's unique, uh, people will buy it. Like that's not sexy. That doesn't make the right. people buy into you as a founder. Right. So you have to, you know, make it about something bigger. Than I like product. your product, but you called it back pain reliever. Like that's not right. <laughs> you know uh anyway i know i think it's time to move on to the next one because i think i've felt both of us at some point not try to give away future numbers that we're about to get to as we're talking through these <laughs> yeah so, right uh boom next one up uh one banger makes a business this is number four is one, one banger makes a business um i'm kind of yeah. jelly that you got this one honestly this one's a good I mean, one hey like you picked you picked odds um, i know i'm sorry so anyway i mean hey you're gonna get to talk about it but essentially the uh the the theory here is uh, in our experience, basically 
like we've seen one ad, let's say, or one email, even one one type of thing, one one singular thing can sometimes carry its weight and then a whole lot more. It can be the unlock to a whole new stratosphere of revenue that you thought was six months away, a year away. Um, as we talk about those projections, these are the things you can anticipate. Um, you, you hope for them. You want to see them. But you don't always know what the recipe is for a banger. It's just sometimes there's no other word for it, in my opinion, other than takes a little magic, uh, a little pixie dust, something in there. Uh, something just clicks. The stars align and something you set up that, yeah, you believed in it. You thought it was going to be good. But you, especially when it comes to ad ads, uh, hopefully you think all your ads are going to be good. Shouldn't be rolling yeah. out ads you think are going to suck. Every once in a while, one of them takes off beyond your wildest dreams, and it literally is outpacing all your other ads, and it makes you want to turn off everything else in your ad account, and uh, you're living off that one banger. Uh, what you do after <laughs> that, there's some strategies around that, but this is, uh, this is, this is what we're trying to say with this one is look yeah. for those bangers. That, you you want to be doing things smart, but you want to be taking home run swings. Uh, well... And so I will put it this way. <clears throat> this comes from all the stuff we're talking about, right? Like this is a buildup. Uh, if you have singular focus and you sell product, not brand, and you do whatever number two was, uh, like money loves action, <laughs> and you take lots of action, like over time, you'll start to realize like, oh, this is kind of impactful and this isn't that impactful and, and stuff like that. And, and then you'll focus in on the impact and then you'll like, it, it'll click for you, right? So you know, we, the way that we, you and I, and I think we're trying to be a little bit generalized here about like all business, right? But let, let's get specific and let's talk about e-commerce businesses or uh, e-commerce or info products or businesses that are primary, businesses that have been primarily launched on the back of digital ads, Facebook and Instagram ads or Google ads, I suppose, YouTube ads. Here's what I mean when I say young, one banger makes a business. Purple Mattress is a huge company. One banger right like we've we've talked to them we have another episode about it they had better performing ads and but like that one banger created this massive ripple effect snow teeth whitening huge company they got floyd mayweather right like that one thing got rob gronkowski on board got tons of influencers coming to him asking if they could push snow teeth whitening um yeah, I mean, really any of those businesses that were like Harmon Brothers launched, right? It's like, that's what we mean. Uh, I hate to use the cliche, you know, because I, I'm not like a ClickFunnels, you know, fanboy. I'm, I'm not part of the ClickFunnels cult, you could say. But that whole like, you're only one funnel away thing is that's what we're really saying here is like, you're one banger away. And I would, I'm going to give another caveat to it. I don't think I've ever seen a business built that didn't have that breakthrough that didn't have that banger right so the banger like you have to find it you you do like it's not like keep looking for it it's like you just got to keep working keep taking action keep with singular focus until you find it and that and that's it like we've seen most of the businesses that we've ever launched that like grew huge they we can point to like hey they had this offer and that offer that we thought was insane actually ended up backing out financially because the lifetime value on it was really good or people actually took the upsells uh, or they had this ad and this ad just like cut their cost per acquisition in a third or a quarter. You know what I mean? Like it, it just cut it like crazy. And then they had all this problem and they just scaled, right? Like the, it's, just, yeah. it's almost always something like that. It really is. Uh, 
you know, media company, right? Like they, uh, one of our, one of the media companies that we really admire, they found this one format of video and I would bet at one point in time, one of them took off, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then it was like the rest is history, right? Like one of our favorite comedians, Bo Burnham, he had a video takeoff. Yeah, it's true. Right. It's a true. whole personal business was built on that. So Almost always there is, it, it seems like an overnight success, but it's not, it's not an overnight success. That's not what I'm talking about here. It's overnight success that comes through all of that, like focused action. And That's exactly it. This, this is the perfect spot for this right in the middle, four of seven, literally right in the middle. I think it does perfectly describe the first three. It's kind of like what the first three ultimately like build up to. And even the next three that we'll be covering, this kind of does, this is the perfect, like, middle post to hold up the whole other uh, six points, if you, will, whole, you know what I mean? Whole uh, because as we talk about singular focus, like why was singular focus important? It's because you won't crack it unless uh, crack whatever you're working on, unless you have singular focus. Well, the banger is what we mean when you crack it. Like you cracked it because a banger appeared, yes. you know, or uh, money loves action. Like that's basically about like getting reps in and like, yeah, nobody hits a banger on their first. If you've never stepped up to a, a plate, never stepped up to home plate in a batter's box before never swung a bat the odds of you hitting a home run on your very first pitch ever in your lifetime is zero i just hate to break it to you it's zero yeah but if you've taken a lot of action taken hundreds of reps the odds really uh swing in your favor that sooner or later you're gonna hit one of those bangers one of those home runs and that's that is what we're saying is do all of these other things right and this should just be a part of the process you don't really have to go uh, you have to want them. You have to do this all take, the, the work. This will just happen. Like, this will happen. Exactly. Right? Like, but you do need yeah. to be aware that it's happening and uh, and kind of take it. Like, let it let it happen. You know, don't yeah. don't get freaked out. You know, like it's okay. It's okay if you start push it, in the ads case. It's okay if you start pushing a lot more budget towards those things, or yeah, you know, you start rolling out like smaller variations. You don't have to go crazy with your concepts over and over again you can do little tweaks once you find that's, your bang yeah that, that's a great point too i think sometimes people find the banger and then they just think that that like oh that's the new norm and it's like no that's your that's your ticket like ride that exactly you know what it's I mean? easy to attribute that to the wrong thing like oh i remember that banger. the thing that we now know turned into a banger uh, it came from one of those shower thoughts you know and you just go oh right. everything i think of in the shower is going to be a banger now so let's think oh, yeah. of something new. No, that no. <laughs> or you just think you're going to always be able to launch like, hey, you, like you say. So so this is actually uh, when I was in college, I ran. I was a I ran track and uh, I had a coach who used to say, you're not your PR. And that's like, a, oh, that, that's not your self-worth. Like, no, he, he totally thought your self-worth was tied up in how good of a runner you are. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, but he would say, you're not your PR. You're actually not that valuable. Right. right. Like because you can't run your PR every day. You are the average of the of your best three races. Right. Oh, he had a very clear formula on it. Uh, so when you find your banger, don't now think that, hey, I launched this ad and it gets a ten dollar CPA. Like, let me make all my projections based on a ten dollar CPA. Bad idea. Like, yeah. You're, you're not your best you're not your banger but like ride that thing right like you gotta you gotta ride that because honestly like that's what's going to give you all of your cash to put all the other things in place that like once you found that like breakthrough that's when like the real hard part of business starts yeah. honestly only, like the, cra the cracking it part is kind of the fun part honestly yeah only dj Khaled releases only bangers just remember that <laughs> right yes 
and with that uh john boom number five look for 95.5 uh number five is look for 95.5 lots of fives uh so 80 20 principle most people are familiar with that uh this is an extreme version right so 80 80 20 you've heard some people have heard like oh there's the 80 20 principle but then there's like the 90 10 and the 95 5 now you could take it all the way like the 99 1 principle uh i i what i'm saying here is like don't look for the 20 percent of effort or the 20 percent of things you can focus on that's going to drive 80 percent of your results look for the five percent of things you can focus on that's going to drive 95% of your results. And I would actually say five is a good rule here for like, if you're focusing on more than five, again, singular focus on the business. And then within the business, if you're focusing on more than five things to find that like banger, to find that thing that's going to help you break through, it's too many, right? So if you're saying, hey, I'm launching the business, I'm, I'm launching a business with ads, right? It's like ad, landing page, offer, like conversion process, right? Whether that's the checkout process or whether that's, you know, a sales call funnel or whatever, right? Like that, that's four things. That's four. Five would probably be follow-up, right? Things like your email and SMS uh, flows and stuff like that, right? Like if it, that's it, like 95% of the time, that's all you should be focusing on. You know, if it's partnerships, if you're launching with influencers or partnerships or something like that, kind of the same thing is like partnerships you know partnership outreach like who like how do we how do we uh um how do we prospect and find potential partners how do we reach out to them how do we get them product how do we progress the relationship with them you know how do we partner more deeply with them like that's four things you know what i mean like it's just five if it's more than five it's too many right so look for the five percent of things in the business that are going to create 95 percent of the results like the five percent of things in the business that are ultimately going to lead to the banger if you know hey what's going to give my trap my business traction is finding the right offer then just focus on that you know right you know, don't focus people... on getting back to that vendor, you know, that Shopify app vendor to see if you can get it installed to, you know, uh, have your have your reviews pop up on the landing page. Like that doesn't matter. Just focus right. on the thing that matters. Right. And this is kind of assuming that you do have a lens for what matters already. Like I think you might not as, as we we've kind of labeled this like for launching a new business, you might not be aware of, of what those things are uh, right out of the gate. But I think. Well, that's why money loves action. Focus. Just take action exactly. first. That's exactly. Fine. And it does come into focus a little earlier than we want to admit, even if it's a little fuzzy at first. Um, you, I think the main thing we're saying is like, don't kid yourself into thinking that a bunch of these little things that are kind of like, you know, tertiary kind of items, they're not going to ultimately make the big difference. The The primary things are what's going to make a big difference. And for those people, I think a lot of people are not a, numbers based you know 95 look for 95.5 i don't know that i'd remember that especially with the number five is 95.5 i mean um something that you've said for a long time that i think is essentially just the word version of this not the number version is uh you know find the 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 littlest hinges that swings the biggest door you know what i mean the the yeah. littlest things you can do to make the biggest impact um that's what you're looking for really i think this one actually holds up pretty much all the way through the life cycle of a business, but yeah, it's yeah, it more gets to your point. It's more important at the beginning because anytime you're a new business, there's a little, usually at least, there's a little more uh, insecurity involved. You know, there's so a little that, more urgency. 
down the line, down the line in a business, uh, it gets to more of an 80, 20 thing. Like, like for example, you know, I have an e-commerce brand, um, and we're good at the fundamentals. You know what I mean? Like we have, we're tight with our, and it's very ad driven. Uh, it's add to like a recurring membership thing. You know, our, our lifetime value is really good on the recurring membership Our offers really good. Our ads are really good. Our email and SMS follow-up is really good. That's the fundamentals, right? We're really good at the fundamentals, you know? So for us, yeah, we are getting more into like, oh, how do we have alternative traffic sources? How do we get in affiliates involved? How do we uh, improve our, you know, uh, how do we, how do we have fewer like, um, you know, like credit card, like uh, credit card failures, right? Like just, mm -hmm. you know, random stuff like that, right? Like, so yeah, it does start to expand and say like, okay, yeah, you know, when you're really, really good at the fundamentals and you have like systems for focusing on those, then little things, little hinges that swing little doors start to matter because at a, in a big business, a little door is still a lot of money, right? So you're doing a, if you have a $10 million business and you find something that, you know, gains you 2%, right? It's like, hey, that's $200,000, right? <laughs> like that's, yeah. it, 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 the little things start to add up. So it does start to like, scope out to more like 90 10 80 20 um as you grow but yeah early on it's like to find the find the banger just just find the banger that's really it like that's it i mean we should have named that named the episode after that one um all right moving along now uh beyond number five onto boom number six identify your hats so what i like I mean this by one that is you're that good at this, this is a black hat from Grace Folly, not a sponsor. Uh, it's it is camo. Camouflage. It's very green camo. No, what we really yeah. mean is, especially early on in a business, it's a it's like a baseball cap. You mean like whether it's a fedora or a top right. hat, right? No, baseball no, no, yeah. cap. Exactly. Yeah, is it a pirate hat? Is it right. like one of those Next little one. like hats that like they would wear at like old school like fast food restaurants that are like paper? Yeah, like, like the paper hats. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what you call that hat. What do you think like, the weirdest kind of hat is to wear while you're like uh while you're like working on your business? Interesting. Um, I think like a top think, hat, like like you're like you're like worried about keeping your head straight. You know what I mean? Like I think it depends on the type of business. You know what I that's mean? True. Like if you're like some like. I don't know, some like muscle dude, like tatted up selling like supplements. Like it'd be weird if you were wearing like a pink beret. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. It would be silly. Yeah. Yeah. A little strange. That makes sense. Um, not, hey, but wear whatever you want. You know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. the fashion expert either. So, but um, speaking of hats, what you mean is something different. You mean metaphorical hats, right? What I actually mean, yes. You're hats good at this. Are... I'm glad you got this one because you're really good at this, I think. Hats essentially in this sense equal roles or positions and early on in a business it is extremely likely in our experience that you're going to find yourself uh understaffed let's say where you have to execute on you. three or four multiple jobs uh and you don't get to focus on the one position that you'd ultimately love to do in the long term at this business right you have to do all the things you have to be the friggin guy who writes the ad copy you got to launch the ads you gotta you gotta pay the bills you gotta do all the things you gotta make sure everybody else gets paid maybe like it, depending on what your business is you're gonna find yourself wearing a lot of different hats and what we mean by identify your hats is while you're doing all that legwork like great by the way it's great you're doing all that stuff i think it's important to know your business inside and out as much as possible and wearing a lot of hats playing a lot of different roles will do that for you while you're doing that though make sure that you're being cognizant of when you're taking off one hat oh i'm being the ad buyer right now okay this is what the ad buyer would be doing when i'm launching when i'm 
doing this and I'm launching ads. Okay, cool, cool. That's the media buyer's job. I'm going to take that off now and pretend to be the guy who handles payroll and take this other hat, which I do not have another hat around. That would have been, that would have been smart for me to plan that out. Um, oh, that guy wears that like this. Um, and I, now I'm the guy who handles payroll and I'm making sure everybody gets paid so that in the future, you don't have to spend time actively thinking about this stuff. You go, oh, thankfully, early on, I was dedicating time, dedicating energy as I was going to being aware of what these roles I've really already carved out are. And I can just slowly replace myself yeah. or, or replace other people even. And, and further, you know how much you need to replace yourself, right? Do you need a full-time finance officer or do you just need to like someone who will handle payroll for you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, do you need a full-time, you know, head of marketing or like, do you just really need like a graphic designer and, uh, and a media buyer, right? Or, <clears throat> you know what I mean? So it's, I think it, uh, this is important and this is not as important as the other things, right? Because traction and actually getting the sales are more important is more important than anything, right? So this is like when you start to get traction, mm -hmm. um, the bit one of the biggest things I've seen happen is like their people's business gets on top of them mm -hmm. and and they get like burnt out from their own thing, their own baby, right? Like their own thing that they built that they cared so much about and they put all this singular focus into and they and they loved it and they did all of the things to you know they found the breakthrough that like made them actually get traction and actually have a business and it gets on top of them because they're mm -hmm. overwhelmed because they have all of these tasks like they, they're in charge of everything and there's so much brain switching right like it's yeah. not necessarily it's a lot of things it's a long to-do list long to-do list is fine right but like a long to-do list where you have to like switch your mental mode a whole bunch of times that's really hard right like when you got to switch from like you know leading a team and and like getting you know inspiring people or you know like leading people and then switch into uh you know spreadsheet mode where you're figuring out your finances and then switch into a call with a vendor uh where you're like making decisions like this really 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 hard to do um, and, and that is actually what causes people to get burnt out and like kind of start to hate their business and kind of be like, get to a point sometimes where they just are emotionally done and they just say like, I'm out, I'm done. I don't, I don't even yeah. want to do this anymore. And, um, and like, you know, uh, depression amongst entrepreneurs is like a really, it's like a thing, right? Like I've known, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to like, you know, I like, but I've known a couple people since I've gotten into this that like i think it just got on top of them so much that they just were done in in like a very permanent way you know what i mean um mm -hmm. and like way that i don't know if i can say on our podcast but i think you kind of get it right yeah. um and yeah. and so that's that's what i mean right like avoid that right like i don't know it, we kind of went down a path there but but like mm -hmm. what i'm saying is avoid that by using the energy to say like oh, this is right now, this is the job I'm doing. Right now, this is the mm -hmm. job I'm doing. Right now, this is the job I'm doing. And ultimately, you might replace yourself entirely and you not, might not be needed. Or you might say like, you know what the job I really like doing is, is, is this one. And you might even replace it. You like might hire a CEO to lead the business while you own it and act as the head copywriter. I think David Ogilvy famously did that in his agency, right? Like he hired a CEO to run his agency so he could be the head copywriter. You know, um, yep. and it, yeah, like that's what I mean. When you identify the hats, though, you get a lot more clear on what it is you really like doing, um, where you're going to hire help. 
what you're good at, you know, where you're going to hire help, uh, what only you can do, all of that stuff. <clears throat> and yeah. when the business is getting on top of you, you have that mechanism for saying, well, it's because I'm doing five jobs right now. It won't always be like this because I'll hire this person. Yeah. Two quick things before we move on to the last point here about this stuff that you kind of kind of triggered something to me. One, uh, you know, as we're at number six here, most people have seen uh, most of the numbers we're going to reveal here, most of the laws we're going to reveal. Um, we didn't even really know it ahead of time, I don't think, but I think we almost laid these out more or less in like chronological order of importance. Um, so like is a great point that you mentioned, that, like this isn't so much like day one activity. This is more like early to mid, like in that, that later stage of early still, you know, uh, where you really want to focus more on this stuff because yeah, um, back to like kind of singular focus and like, taking all your units of energy and all that stuff still applies. This is kind of when you start to like spread that out. Like this is an important thing to do. Don't underestimate the importance of this because the, the other, uh, the other item I wanted to touch on here was uh, often amongst entrepreneurs, there is a, like you said, it, it can be depressing. It can be lonely in particular too. Cause at startups like, it's not like you can pay a ton of people. We've been lucky enough to work with each other for a while now on, you know, I don't even know how many businesses we've worked together on through agency and starting up our own things. Um, and yeah, we've had that benefit, but not everybody does. And uh, that brain switching, one of the things that's nice about us being able to have each other and, and reflect thoughts off each other is I think we've both uh, kind of gained a, a, a much deeper respect for the people who have to do a lot of brain switching because we've talked about it. And it just, it doesn't seem like one of those things where like one task um, in, in one or sorry, two tasks within one brain mode is two tasks. Two tasks across two different brain modes might as well be 10 tasks sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. When you have to do yeah, the brain switching, that, like right. the, the act of actually switching your brain and kind of getting, not, not just like, yeah, obviously I can think about, like now I got to go pay people. It's not that hard. I just go to the thing and I pay people. But like there might have been a note that you kind of wanted to remember and little things and and, and you just like, the, the efficiencies are not there immediately. And brain switching is probably bigger than most tasks in and of themselves like to really get into the state you want to be in to execute um, yeah. and the more hats you wear the more brain switching that happens and honestly if you find yourself in that that kind of headspace i would recommend like exploring conversations with people about those types of things that you're feeling um that's not really what this show is about not the, right. the psychology of entrepreneurs but maybe something interesting for another episode no i mean that and i think that's like We've talked about a lot of tactics on this show, right? So I, I, but I think it's like, you know, as much as I always, you know how I feel about like the mindset gurus, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, sure. I, I've never loved it, but at the same time, it's like the, the longer you get into this, the more you realize like a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is not tactics, right? A lot of it is mm -hmm. uh, your mental and emotional intelligence. <clears throat> um, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's it. I, I was going to say that I think makes for an interesting bridge into boom. Our last point, number seven, um, John. Yeah, I like the way we worded this one. A uh, little call out to Casey's 49ers. Uh, Bill Bill Walt was the name. The, the coach's Bill name Walsh. was Bill Walsh. Yeah, Bill sure. Walsh yeah. wrote the book. The score will take care of itself. The principle being. If you do all of the things you can control, which is this is a principle I believe in big time. If you do all the things that you can control, like you do all the right things within the within what you can control, the score will take care of itself, right? Like you'll win the game if it's reasonable for you to win the game, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is a little play off that, and that is culture takes care of itself. Um, I would highly recommend that early stage during launch, one law of the launch is I don't think that you should spend a lot of time discussing culture uh, because culture will take care of itself if you if you are working with the right people, right? So if you're working with people who have who you just know have similar values to you, who just are as just as motivated to get to make it crack as you are, to make the business work as you are, um, and you and like have you know maybe similar or complementary expertise levels, uh, the culture will take care of itself. Like over time. Uh, and I would almost say culture sometimes is dictated by whatever it is that makes the business gain traction um, and, and the kinds of people that you end up having to hire for that and the kinds of mindset that you end up having to have around that. Right. Um, if you have like, you know, something that where it's like, oh, the way that, you know, we find success is through some mechanism that has a really low hit rate. Right. Then one of your culture points is probably going to be like, you know, hey, uh, next at bat. Right. Like next shot. Don't worry about don't worry about failure, move on. That's going to be like a culture point, right? But if you're, if you actually, your business is built around something where the hit rate is really high, then that's, then your one, a culture point was be like, is going to be like, don't give up, right? Like don't give up on that thing, right? Because that we only have so many shots at it type of thing. So like that, I mean, and that, that's like a really broad example. Um, but the, the main thing I mean here is that like, if you work with the right people and you guys are all on the same page and similarly, minded like you don't have to be the same you don't have to think the same but if you if you're all on the right page and you're all just as motivated to make it work as each other you don't you don't need to have the culture talk the culture works on day one you don't but the when you start having to have the culture talk is when you're gonna start intentionally bringing outside people into the business right so hey we need to intentionally start hiring for these roles that's when you start needing to have culture talks and so i'm not saying culture is not important i'm just saying it's not important on day one what's important on day one is getting the right people on board um and then, I mean, at some point you define values and then culture kind of takes care of itself from there. Yeah. And even to the point of having the right people, I mean, that's, I think, the number one block on the way of how culture takes care of itself for sure. Because people, you can you can say the same thing day in, day, first thing in the morning, last thing before everybody goes home. If you work in like a, if you're not remote and you work in an office with people, you can be like, that's our motto. That's our thing. You can say yeah. that till you're blue in the face. That does not make culture. The people right. will make the culture. You know what I mean? Like that's it's going to happen one way or another. It's going to take care of itself one way or the other, whether you end up with a good culture or a bad culture. I think that speaks more to the people that you've surrounded yourself with, surround, put, right. put in your business, you know. Um, and then, you know, I think that similarly to how we say let performance dictate the branding, like externally to customers, internally to employees, similar thing maybe there's a better word than performance for it but essentially i would say let performance dictate culture too um because yeah somebody who's found success doing something when let's just assume for a second it's not you just to not confuse the issues you know employee a has really really found their niche within your business doing a certain thing maybe it's a sales for example you know let that person's let that person kind of lead by example and the culture will kind of just cultivate itself as more people inevitably kind of flow into that department as you scale. You know what I mean? As you you try and replicate your highest performing team members, you will end up with people with similar sets of values um, and or similar 
personalities, personality types, mm-hmm. uh, and you will the culture will happen, right? The culture it, will happen amongst those people. Sales is a great example. People who are right. really really good at sales, they're a certain kind of person. Exactly. I was just gonna real, say it, too. yeah, because that's right? a, that's like, a mistake. That's a that's a trap that could be easily you could easily fall into because not all entrepreneurs are the same. Uh, but it, you might be like, you know what? When we get to the point where we're hiring salespeople, we're not going to have pushy salesmen who only focus on yeah. making money for themselves and things, whatever cliche you want to think of uh, for <laughs> the you know the most sales. Sa- we're not going to have sales. We're not going to have sales bros. You know? you know why those salespeople act like that? Because that's what works. You know, right. and and maybe you have your own little angle on it. You still have your own little internal like, uh, you know, culture in your office or wherever you work. Uh, you need to let things take care of themselves. I think this actually goes well beyond culture, but culture might be the single biggest thing where we've seen people try to get again ahead of themselves and be like, yeah, this is the culture we're laying down today. Day one and we'll always live by these things. Literally day five, you might be like, well, we really put our foot in our mouth too early on that one. Cause we already have it to like kind of audible here. Well, yeah. Like, like what's, let's say the, the people who really like drive your business forward are salespeople. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that that business is gonna have a certain kind of culture, right? And is, depending on what kind of salespeople they are, let's say the people who really drive your business forward are tech people. Like they, they are different. They're different, you know. Um, or the people who really drive your business forward are like really analytical entrepreneurs, right? Or little really analytical, you know, whatever marketers, uh, whatever it may be, or or they're HR type people, right? Like they're they're people people, like whatever it is that you know. <laughs> The culture will, I don't know, I don't know how to say it any better way than the culture will take care of itself as the business gains traction. Um, I would say that at at some point in time, um, you should define a set of values, you know, core core values. And they should be meaningful. They shouldn't be like, you know, integrity and and stuff like that, where it's like uh, what we see happen a lot. and, And this happens with culture and it happens with core values is a uh, company says one thing, but their actions dictate or their actions show another thing, right? Company says we care about high quality work, but their action dictates they actually care about high volume work, high volume of work, high volume of output, even if it's not the best quality, right? So yep. like quality is one of our values when it's like actually quantity is a value of of yours, right? And that that's when people get like this dissonance and that doesn't usually happen until the company's bigger. So like I know this is laws of the launch. We don't need to get into that. But the main thing is like, yeah, you don't really need to get into that, honestly, in the launch launch phase. As we do peek forward into the future, though, uh, if you're finding yourself like maybe you're like, yeah, I kind of knew most of these things. But like it kind of makes me feel good that John and Casey are saying these things on their podcast. Um, Thank you. you, First of all, Um, (laughs) as we talk about like even core beliefs or culture, Maybe I think we agree on this, John, but maybe maybe slightly different. I would say also leave some wiggle room for it to develop and change. Like maybe early on, like you said, like quality is a core belief. That makes a lot of sense uh, at a certain point. It also makes a lot of sense that at a different point along the timeline, like you said, like quantity. Hey, actually, it seems like a lot of our recent wins have been on the back of quantity, not necessarily the quality. Like, you know, that's just one random example example we're throwing out. But I, I, core beliefs can change they can um i I think it's it's uh leaving the possibility for them to to evolve is important not being so rigid uh, but but at the same time 
knowing why they're important to you. And as long as the reason that they're important to you still exists, then that probably still is a core belief. Yeah. I mean, I, I think certain ones might stay the same. And and what I mean when I say like core beliefs is like a core belief of, uh, I, I think, I believe, and we haven't really defined this, but I'll give an example, a core belief of our media company that is primarily driven by you, Casey, actually, right? More so than me, um, is uh, modern traditional media is inherently flawed hmm. and alternative media is a better alternative right that's like a long-winded version of it but it's like i don't think that that core belief is likely to change but uh what you're saying is like as information changes my opinion might change right like right that might not always be the case so if that's like a core belief our company's built on and the whole thing's gonna crumble if we can't believe that anymore then it's like well if modern media if, if modern traditional media fixes itself somehow then, you know, like maybe that won't be true anymore. We still need a reason to exist, right? Even in your one-off example here, there's evidence for that kind of like, I mean, you're yeah. seeing at a staggering pace, all of a sudden, I want to say just in the last year, six months, more so even than that, you know, news programs are taking clippings from people's podcasts and reporting on the podcast stories oh, yeah. as their stories, which is just the weirdest thing. If you break, if you think about that for a second, but it's because they're realizing like, hey, this is just a better format and we can't really adapt to it completely. But what we can do is use it and then kind of like kind of uh, take the essence of what they're talking about. And, and it brings this conversation from this weird place in media where maybe like it's just like old school looking, might as well be 1970 um, <laughs> into like the modern day. And I, I do think even in, I think you just threw that out as an example, but I think that's a great example because I think we're likely to see traditional media that's backed by. So Boom. many dollars, so many powerful people. I mean, they're not stupid. It's just a slow, right. you know, the bigger something is, the slower it moves. So, but they've, they're, they're cognizant. They're, they're realizing like, okay, the destination is a few degrees off of where we thought it was. Maybe it's always I mean, evolving too. Right. We're definitely seeing, um, you know, I wouldn't mean to go down this rabbit hole, but like we're definitely seeing some networks. Uh, ESPN comes to mind for this that have <clears throat> like a 30 minute show or a 60 minute show. That's actually a podcast. You know what I mean? Like the, you know uh, what comes to mind on ESPN is Jalen and Jacoby, right? Jalen Rose's podcast. It's a podcast. I think that's how it started, but it's an ESPN show. Um, TNT has Charles Barkley's podcast on their steam room. I think it's called. Um, right. It's a show on TNT, but like it's a podcast. It's the same thing you would watch on YouTube for, you know, if you were trying to watch Joe Rogan or, or if you were trying to watch Charles Barkley or whatever. Um, so yeah, like it definitely could see an evolution there. So if your whole, again, like bringing it back here, um, the culture, like you don't have to force culture. You don't have to force core values. You don't have to force a belief system. Um, you could be solving one problem today and maybe that's not a problem in the future and, and your company evolves and is solving another problem in the future, right? So like, just don't be too rigid about it, I would say. And also right, don't John. worry about it when you're trying to launch. Correct. Absolutely correct. It is important to remember this is a sh uh, an episode about launching a business. We, we went a little uh, on that, but hey, if you listen this far in, you deserve it. You, you're worth it. You know, um, it. John, we've been going a little long, so I'm going to uh, challenge you to give me the briefest of brief, the most condensed, the most poignant pretty sure i use that word correctly not 100 sure the most relevant the best parting shot that we've ever seen 
and the best parting shot possible for this episode about the seven laws for launching a business. If nobody, if somebody couldn't listen to the whole episode, they could only listen to this 30 second blurb, John, what do they need to know? Yeah. So this is seven laws of a launch. So a few things there. These are laws, meaning you must follow these or you will likely have an unsuccessful launch. But what these seven laws all lead to is ultimately a breakthrough point. In almost every single successful business launch that I've ever been a part of has a breakthrough point. They have a banger ad or a banger partnership or a just some kind of banger, some kind of banger something that is a breakthrough point for that business launch where like before it was like maybe going to be a thing we don't really know. And after it's like our lives are changed forever, right? So all seven laws are designed to get you to that point. Follow them and your likelihood of finding that breakthrough point is much, much higher. Well, John, I got to say you nailed it, man. And uh, Modern Commerce, you really nailed it for sticking around. Uh, hour and five minutes into this episode great job give yourself around the clock all right john didn't even get to say thank you thank you really, you're, you're the rest of the audience right now. sorry um also modern commerce if you've made it this far please hit the like button down on this video if you're listening on an apple podcast app or you're listening on spotify you know rate the show five stars for us you know do your part um make sure you drop a, a, a review onto our podcast so that other people know that they're going to want to listen to this show as well um and modern commerce if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel i don't know what you've been doing on it so go ahead and subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell icon what that will actually do is give you notifications onto your smart cellular device for when we go live so you can jump in on these shows with us and until next time modern commerce see ya